This is the Prosperous Family Podcast, where we explore creative ways of prospering mentally, emotionally, socially, physically, financially, and spiritually. So pull out your notepads, put on your thinking caps, and be open to new ways of approaching your day-to-day life, new ways of creating prosperity, happiness, joy, peace in your life and in the lives of your family members. Welcome to Prosperous Family Podcast. Hello and welcome. So glad you can join us today on the Prosperous Family Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Julie Medesi with Evexia Health and Wellness. Julia is joining us from Italy, and as we're doing this interview, it's a hot summer day for both of us, but we're going to push through. Julia, welcome. Thank you. I'm sorry, Julie. That's okay. (laughs) Julie, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Awesome. So I always like to get started by just tell us about your family, Julie. My family, well, growing up, my family was small. My mother, father, my brother, and me, and a dog. Um, And nowadays, my family is still small. I have no children of my own. Um, It's my husband and myself and our dog. And I have two amazing stepdaughters. Um, And yeah, that's it. It's a small family unit for us. Awesome. Now, are your stepdaughters grown or are they near, far? They are grown. My husband's British, so they both live in the UK. And mm-hmm. one is, in well, they're both in their 30s now, which is mm-hmm. hard to imagine. Um, and we had, back in September, end of September, we had our first grandson. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Yay, yay. So how old were they when you came into their lives? 16 and 13. Mm, mm. What an interesting time to come in at teenage years. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't mean this to sound in any way negative, but for me, I, I never had that maternal instinct. And then it turned out I can't have children. So, you know, it's like I was blessed with meeting desire and um, potential and and when I first met them, I wasn't really sure um, what to do. And, you know, especially teenagers, because I remember what I was like as a teenage girl, and I wouldn't have wished that on anybody else. <laughs> but they, they are I so, echo that. <laughs> but I had the benefit of, the, of living in the U.S. and them living in the U.K. And so distance was made it easier. But when we first met, I, we connected immediately. As a matter of fact, my husband has a great relationship with his ex-wife, the girl's mom, and to the point where the first time we met, she invited us in for tea. We have kept in contact with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we're friends on Facebook. We have a at my youngest stepdaughter's um, surprise 18th birthday party. Um, she and I sat together the whole time and talked like we were old friends, and it was just oh, it was awesome. a really lovely, healthy situation. So I'm very fortunate. Yeah, that is that is wonderful to hear. I I have to celebrate all such um, families that you can bond and blend like that. Um, my we have a blended family, and my husband and. Um, his ex-wife have always been at odds and I contributed to that. I will easily admit. (laughs) Um, And that unfortunately we just, we we didn't understand what we were doing as we came into that situation. We got educated the hard way. And, um, but we have since built, built new bridges and we can do family events together. We can be friendly, maybe not best friends, but, but so I always admire and applaud those who, um, like you have a healthy relationship and a blended family. So way to go. Cheerio. Thank you. you. Um, so I wanted to ask you, um, tell our listeners a little bit about what Evexia health and wellness, the, the name of your company and what it represents. 
Sure. Um, Evexia is a Greek word and it means well-being. And I've been interested in health and wellness since I was about 19. Um, My mother died of cancer. She was 48 at that Mm. point in my life. But during her battle with cancer, I saw her health completely transform her body, everything, and actually that of our entire family, um, to the point of getting into remission for a period of time when she started working with a naturopathic doctor, and we changed the way we ate and the way we lived, um, stress management, all of those things. While she was being treated for cancer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I, I just developed an interest at that point. And, and we did unfortunately lose her at that young age, but mm-hmm. it it planted that seed in the back of my mind. Um, it took a while to grow, but uh, but eventually it took root. So Cool. So tell me how you came up with the Greek word that it, the origin of words and names just kind of intrigues me. It intrigues me as well, and I love to play with words. Um, I am the worst pun queen there there is. Um, but I, when I decided I wanted to get into nutrition coaching t- seriously to do something for a living, I, I wanted a name that had some significance. And it was back in the day when everybody was using, my husband calls it the coffee stain, you know, that kind of faded partial ring around a, a green oh, yeah. ring the logo. And I, and everything was, I don't know, I just, the names all sounded so standard and I just wanted to be different. I I always want to be different. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I had spent my last year of high school, I was an exchange student in Brazil. So I had a love of language. So I learned Portuguese Mm -hmm. there. I studied Spanish through university and um, I was an exchange student in Spain during college, and, and I just had a real love, but I couldn't find any words in Spanish or Portuguese that really touched me that deeply. And so I just went and started searching different languages and different words, wow. and, and I saw Avexia, and I just was like, that's the one. So. Okay, so it really was a journey that this is what I want to represent, and this is how I can stand out and be... You, yeah. my own unique journey. Well, because, you know, for me, the the deeper meaning around health and wellness, I, we look at deep health, right? So I'm a holistically mm-hmm. focused person. I don't just, I'm, I call myself a nutrition and wellness coach, but really I focus on the entire person, including all the different facets of your life. And and so I wanted something that, that represented that, that, because health and wellness to me is about how we feel on a daily basis and all those different places throughout our life, because it isn't just what we eat. It isn't just how we move our body. It's, it goes far beyond that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so Evexia, the word Evexia in Greek does really have that kind of deeper meaning of, of deep health and, and overall wellness that it, it's just how I wanted my, my business to feel. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for modeling that, you know, that process of, of being clear on what it is that you represent and you, um, like in, in my training and my books that I give and received talking about life purpose and what the, the process that you're describing is almost like it, it seems to be like the purpose of your business, the life purpose of your business type thing. So um, thank you for um, describing that and, and sure. telling us that journey. And we wanted, I wanted to talk to you a little more about your journey of health and wellness specifically. And, you know, I know we don't have to say this, but because we recorded this before, I know I, I want <laughs> to talk specifically about your experience with your doctor and how your doctor didn't believe you, believe you about your health. Can, can you sure. go into that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was in my, in my 30s, I was already having some health problems. I'd been diagnosed with PCOS and I just, from there on, I just started to not feel very good. Um, my doctors who diagnosed me with PCOS basically said there wasn't anything they could do. Um, and I, I lived a reasonably healthy lifestyle. Um, I've always been active, um, 
racquetball, cycling, running, you know, I was a competitive figure skater. Really in my youth. So I, so I know what, I know what it's like to have a fit, energetic body. And into mm-hmm. my forties, I just over the, between 30 and, and early forties, I just started to have these nagging kind of vague, just not feeling good symptoms. I was fatigued all the time. I, I felt very brain fogged. Um, my hair was dry and falling out. My skin was dry and kind of a sickly color. Um, and I just, I knew something was wrong because it wasn't, it wasn't just one thing. It just became all of these little things piling on top of each other. And I, I saw my doctor regularly because I wanted to stay healthy. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, you see a doctor for preventive care, um, not just sick care. And she, I think over the course of time, she just got tired of listening to me. And at one point over the course of like three months, I gained 50 pounds oh, um, wow. inexplicably. And I'm five foot one. So, you know, that is a lot on a short body. Yeah. And so coupled with all of the other things that I was going through, I just knew something was wrong. And she kept telling me everything was fine. I did my own research. I, all of my symptoms were classic for hypothyroidism. And I was telling her that she said, no, your blood ranges are normal. At one point she gave me a really small dose of thyroid hormone just to make me happy, I think. But over the course of five or six years, I I had developed allergies. I developed asthma you know, I had this weight gain, all of these, and it was really affecting my quality of life. I think because in our society, we, we push and push and push ourselves. And we have, you know, we're taught to push through it, suck it up, you know, don't, don't, don't complain. And and yeah, but over the course of time, these things accumulate and we feel Mm -hmm. we're told and we feel like this is just a normal part of aging. And that's what my doctor kept telling me until the weight gain came on. And I just said, listen, something is wrong. And I asked her multiple times to do different blood tests. And she said, no, they're not medically necessary. And I'd been going to see her because she was, she's a good doctor. Um, none of this was done out of malice, but doctors are not really equipped, um, to do anything except look at symptoms and prescribe medications Mm -hmm. unless they're specialists. And so finally she gave one day, she was, I could tell she was frustrated. She gave me a prescription for an ADD medication and the number of a psychiatrist. And I said, I don't have ADD. Why are you giving me this prescription? And she said, well, one of the side effects is weight loss and that's your main complaint. And I think you should go see the psychiatrist because this really is all in your head. This is a normal part of aging and you're going to have to learn to live with it. And I just thought, okay, that's, that's enough. And I hadn't wanted to go see a holistic doctor because he didn't take my insurance. He was expensive cash only. Yeah. And I just thought at that moment, you know, I've been paying for 15 years with my health Mm -hmm. and I'm not willing to do that anymore. And Mm -hmm. so I I got on the waiting list to see him and I saved up my money and I went to see him. And what he does is he he allows you to come in with a tape recorder for the first appointment. And that first appointment lasts for a full hour. And that's why there's such a waiting list. And um, I went in there and he said, what brings you in here? And I said, I think I have a thyroid problem, but my doctor says I don't. He said, Julie, I can tell by looking at you that you have a thyroid problem. And it was Mm -hmm. like, hallelujah, you know, I could, I just felt so relieved that someone was actually willing to listen to me. Mm -hmm. So he, um, he, he did really extensive blood work. We spent an hour, he got to know me as a person. We talked about my likes and dislikes, my hobbies, the way I sleep, my relationships, my family, what stressed me, what my work life was like, you know, what my movement was like. And, and I mean, I, I passed over this point, but since my, since the age of 20, I've been dealing with chronic pain. I mean, full body chronic pain. And so, you know, all of these things on top of it. And of course, all, all of that has to do with inflammation in the body. So anyway, long story short, um, he found that I had Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune condition of the thyroid Hmm. and people who don't have it, there, there's a type of antibody called TPO antibodies, and those are 35 or below, and mine were 219. And he said, Julie, you've been dealing with this for years. Wow. 
Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's crazy on so many levels. First of all, that, you know, there's certain things that if a doctor isn't specially trained to find it, they're not going to find. But right. also that, um, and which is significant about prosperity specifically because you were making medical decisions based on money, based on insurance choices, rather yes. based on what your gut was telling you and what you were feeling like you needed to do for your own personal health. And it, it sounds like it may have been a while before you, unless the doctor had, you know, not told you to go see a psychiatrist, <laughs> that, that you may not have been motivated to, hey, let's make this financial decision because this is what's best for my health. Exactly. And even the doctor was making the decisions based on financial grounds because insurance wouldn't pay for tests that weren't medically necessary. All she had to do was su suggest that they were. And I understand in this era of pharmaceutical commercials all over the TV and magazines and billboards, and you know everybody has every symptom re relating to whatever drug they're advertising. So a lot of us go online <laughs> and we look and we find symptoms and we self-diagnose and we go to the doctor, I must have this thing, so you're going to have to give me this medication. So I understand that. But I wasn't asking for that. I was asking to find out what was going on, what was causing all of these symptoms instead of just taking something to mask them. Right, right. And I think that it's so important that we do that. Um, first of all, that, that we do. I, my family called me a hypochondriac growing up. And it, it was the joke because I could literally hear about a symptom and feel it and take it on. And I've since learned, you know, that's so part of my empathic skills. Sure. And I do have to be very mindful of this is something I'm feeling that someone else is describing, or this is me. And, and so that it exists, it exists. And sure. if you are someone like me that has experienced just feeling something, you, you need to be aware that, okay, if this is not my health, this is not something that happens over and over and over. But right. if it's someone like you, it is happening, ongoing, regardless of whether someone's talking to you about it or not. Yeah. And that is something that needs to be addressed. Absolutely. And we, and we really do need to be our own advocates. And I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for a second opinion, requesting tests. I mean, nowadays you can go online to certain labs and you can get, you can order blood work for yourself. And yes, it costs money, but if your doctor isn't willing to do that, there's nothing wrong with finding other resources. Mm. But my, I mean, there, what really made the switch for me was seeing a holistic doctor who was willing to look for root causes yeah. and not treat symptoms and find out because health isn't the absence of disease. Health is a feeling of vibrant energy where you wake up in the morning with purpose and energy and meaning. And it doesn't mean that we don't have tough times, but it means that we have the internal resilience and the physical and mental and emotional resilience to deal with things and get through them. Yes. And, and, you know, if you, especially once we get over 40, if, this is not a normal part of aging to feel fatigued and stressed and not sleep. And, you know, fair enough, menopause can do some of that. But again, there, if your body is healthy and you're in your balance, there are ways to, to get through it less right. dramatically. Right. Well, I, I have, um, definitely not as much of a story, but I, I had an issue recently that I actually had been dealing with for years I had, um, I actually got my voice box broken, crushed, oh. crushed. And um, four years afterwards, I could not speak for a long time uh, without pain and I could not sing. And I love to sing, so it was really hard for me. But um, I, was, I was told, and it's just one person, <laughs> Um, my sister is a family doctor and she said, there's really nothing that they can do except if you want to have surgery. I was like, I don't want to have surgery. I hate surgery. I have had surgery once in my life. No, thank you. So I just avoided talking to anyone else about it until finally a friend said, you know, I think you probably have nodules on your, she, she tried to diagnose me, but 
whatever she said prompted me to or think, what if there's another solution? And got an appointment with a doctor and actually talk and find out, okay, first, number one, I didn't, I have huge, terrible allergies that I did not realize how bad they were. I thought, I, oh, I have a little drippy nose. Oh, I get headaches now and then. But he said, you're actually only using 50% of your lung capacity. And wow. a large part of that is from allergies. And the second part of it is they have training. I got a speech therapist. I didn't need surgery. I just needed to be taught how to use my voice in a different way because certain aspects of my vocal cords no longer worked. And it has been life-changing to go to find those answers that I had not been seeking because I thought I had to deal with that. Yeah, so, we doctors, ahead. I mean, they call it a medical practice for a reason. Mm-hmm. Doctors aren't experts. And these days, I mean, I don't want to sound like one of those people, but the mm-hmm. textbooks are underwritten by the pharmaceutical companies. And so medical school, in medical school, doctors are trained to recognize symptoms and identify the medication to treat it. They they don't go in depth. They get like six to eight hours of nutrition training throughout medical school. And I actually had a doctor tell a person I know who was in his 30s at the time, he was on 12 different medications and getting more because he needed medications to deal with the side effects of other medications. He lived on pizza and a cola that I won't name. And, and the doctor never once asked him about his diet. And his wife said, his wife asked the doctor, what about his diet? She wanted him to eat healthier and he refused. And, Mm. and the doctor said, that's nothing to do with it. Well, Mm. Most of the cells in our body are replaced every year. Yeah. What do we replace them with? Mm-hmm. It's not magic fairy dust. Mm. It's, it's whatever we eat and assimilate into our body. And my, my doctor, my holistic doctor's business oh. partner. And, Whoa, and wait, I've got to sit on that for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> what are they replaced with? They are replaced with what we put in. That is, that is a really solid, strong point. Because if we are making changes to our diet, making better choices, then those cells are going to get stronger. That's awesome. They will have the right materials to build with. It's it's yeah. like building bricks out of you know like a sandcastle versus you know proper clay and the right materials baked to the right temperature to harden and and all of those yeah. things. And and the other thing I think is that people forget is we have trillions of cells in our body, literally trillions of cells in our body. So just because we ate a salad doesn't mean we're suddenly healed or just because we did a diet for for three weeks doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything's changed it Mm -hmm. takes time and it takes and especially when we talk about the gut because 70 percent of your immune system is in your gut we call it the second brain because the vagus nerve runs from your gut into your brain and most of the communication between the two happens from the gut to the brain and then the brain responds and sends neurological signals to the rest of the body. So what um, we eat- you, you cut out, and so- way- Oh, sorry. Yeah, the- you cut out. So go back to the, start with the vagus nerve. The vagus okay. nerve goes from it's the From the gut to the brain and most of the signals that go, it's a major nerve center and most of the signals go from the gut to the brain which is why gut feelings and intuition are real. It, we mm. call the gut our second brain because of that. And so most of those signals go to the brain and then the brain responds with signals out to the rest of the body as to what to do. But when you have that feeling that you just know, mm. that's because of that vagus nerve. That, you know, so what, what we eat and, and the way we, we live is so critically important. Hey, Marion Hobson here. Wanted to invite you to become a part of our part, fun and games. If you haven't, I want to make sure that you are a member of my Peaceful Rich Moms Facebook group. That is a way that you can see learn about the activities we have going on it, in october and november you'll also see games where you can win prizes 
um, of various values. So make sure that you join the Peaceful Rich Moms group and like my Genius Moms page, which I'll talk again about another time. Several things that, that what you're talking about is like triggering. Oh, yes. Let's talk about that, that, that. <laughs> I mean, talking about families, it's so important to, to start habits as children, Absolutely. you know, to teach our children to make healthy eating habits. And but along those same lines, as parents, as adults, we have to parent our own selves to, yes. to make healthy eating a priority if we want to have emotional wellness and physical wellness and it bleeds out into every aspect of our life yeah and being able to function properly because we're, of the choices we're making around food absolutely and it isn't just the choices we're making around food i mean it, and here's the other thing people think oh i have to eat healthy which means i can't ever have anything i love ever again that's not true that's not mm -hmm. at all true your taste buds do change when you start eating a healthy diet regularly. So, so maybe you won't be eating as much processed food or as much sugar or as much of whatever it is um, when you start becoming healthier because you realize how bad those things make your body feel. Yeah. But it isn't just about eating a healthy diet. It's about our relationship with our body and our relationship with food. Because if we look at food as good or bad, we're making a moral decision and we're teaching our children to have that same approach. And if we look at food as good or bad, then we are good or bad for eating it. And I know people wow. said, oh, I'm so, I was so good today at a salad so I can have dessert tonight. Or I ate that cake, so now I got to punish myself with an extra hour on the treadmill to burn it off. So we don't look at us as exercise, as a celebration of our body, as keeping ourselves fit and strong and mobile and limber. We look at it as a, as a task or a chore. Yeah, and, and that energy goes to every single person around us. And even if we're not specifically teaching those things to our children, they are learning it. And I can tell you that because I am the daughter of a person who, well, parents who had those very specific labels about food. And I was very much criticized about things I ate and, you know, don't, you don't want to get fat. And my father had some little fun um, rhymes that he used when he talked about me as a, as a young girl, that, oh, you no. know, indicating that I was, that I was chunky. Mm -hmm. um, and, mm -hmm. and so I, you know, they, these are things that are just offhand remarks and off, we don't think of the effect they have, but it's profound. It really yeah, that oh, that uh, has a story in my in my family. I'll try to be short. My my father struggled with his weight, um, and and for good reason. Th there were a lot of bad habits <laughs> as far as eating, and um, a lot of emotional stuff that was never handled. And so he told me, as a teenager, several times, "You have the body structure that." you will always struggle with your weight. And uh, I have this little part of my energy system that says, no way, <laughs> I choose no. And so I got really into being physically fit and really into taking care of my wellness, health and well, and maybe not in the best way, but I, for me at that time, and um, I thought I wasn't, anyway, <laughs> we're going into the long story for a moment. I. I modeled the slim fast diet in a way. Um, it it I ate two meals that were the same every single day, and then the third meal I would eat whatever was available or whatever was being cooked or what, and and it became really helpful for me because I don't like to plan meals. I don't like to spend time planning out my shopping and things like that. So it was a system that I could easily follow you know, sure. and then just give myself some variety on that third meal and, and occasionally dessert here and there. Um, but my, so for me, even though those comments, my, you know, therapist at different times said, I can't believe your father would say such a thing. It had to be so damaging to you. I chose to use it sure. in a way that actually became a benefit and motivated me to the point that 
I wanted to be healthy. I made that shift myself. I wanted to continue these habits, right? Um, But then when my daughter is going through teenage years and she's having some emotional things and going to food and, and whatever, it's, it was so hard. It was so hard because um, my husband and I had different approaches, um, but, but it was, it, it was also having to go back and say, Hey, we probably shouldn't have said that to you. You took that wrong because for because it had motivated me, I anyway. It it was a complicated mess. <laughs> and, well, and it, it and, and that's the thing. Good. You know, I, people shouldn't have to be paranoid about every single word that they say. Yeah. But being aware of the language we use and eliminating words like good and bad, yeah, because things are are helpful or unhelpful. They're supportive or unsupportive. They're you know, positive or, or negative, but, but good and bad have such strong meanings behind them. And so I think those are good words to avoid, especially when we're talking about people and food, because it can, it can really, um, it can really harm those relationships. And not everyone has that internal strength to do what you did. I mean, I, you know, admire your ability to do that because I was raised with the opinions I was given. And so when I heard those words, they were like law for me. And it took me a long time into my, I dare say into my late forties and early fifties before I finally came to terms with being okay with who I saw in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Well, I have other areas of my life where I struggle (laughs) like you with the programming that was given me. Yeah, and we all do, you know, and that's the thing. Parents aren't given a manual. There's no yeah. right or wrong way to do it, and every, and every child is different, and so and every child is different. And you know, the positive thing about my daughter is we started a conversation. We did finally get to a point. Okay, you are overeating right now. There is obviously something going on because you don't overeat all the time. So let's talk about what's going on behind that that's motivating that and causing that and she you know was a teenager so it only went so far but it did start us on a path that eventually got us got her a coach that works really well with her and is helping her on some and it's it's always about bringing awareness right because we're gonna we're gonna screw up in life we're gonna have difficulties and mistakes and they're gonna be areas where we need extra support and, and, and being able to bring awareness into those behaviors. And, and because honestly, unless you have a serious mental disorder or whatever the appropriate word is these days, I don't know, I right. apologize. But, but unless there's something seriously wrong you know, with your brain, most people don't set out to damage themselves or to hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. So whatever the behavior is, whether it's food or drinking or over-exercising or overworking or you know whatever people turn to, it's there to solve a problem. And we might not even realize what the problem is, but with those, those patterns are learned from a very young age. So for example, especially around food, because that's my more of my expertise is, you know, as a child, you fall down, you skin your knee, you're crying, mom or grandmother or somebody gives you a cookie mm-hmm. and sits you on their lap and, and consoles you. Mm-hmm. And then maybe that happens a couple more times. For me, it was hot fudge Sundays with my mother. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon we learn cookies make me feel better. Right? <laughs> Isn't that and terrible? It's, I it's had a whole discussion with another inner, um, um, person I interviewed about my feelings towards ice cream, <laughs> but well, yeah. let's not get too distracted on this call. No, no, no. But, and even now I'm, I'm 58 and even now it's, it's the popcorn for me still, because my mom and I, I was a competitive figure skater. I didn't have a big social life. So I spent all my time hanging out with my mom. So in the winter, we sit in front of the fireplace, eating a big bowl of popcorn, talking about life. In the summer, mm-hmm. we'd sit out on the front porch, eating a big bowl of popcorn, talking about life. So, mm-hmm. so if I get stressed, my brain still goes immediately to popcorn. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it's those, it becomes part of our subconscious mind. And that's great when it comes to things like remembering how to use utensils and, and how to drive a car and, you know, how to brush your teeth. And I mean, things that we don't even think about because we just know how to do them, but we do have to actually learn those skills as children. Right. 
So, so we can navigate through everyday life without 10,000 thoughts trying to distract us. Yeah. But those things, those kind of behaviors that get programmed back into that subconscious mind, once we bring awareness to them, that's how we can change those habits. And that's how we can change those thought patterns. And, and two, um, we, we have to bring awareness to them on the first hand. And on the other hand, sometimes I, going back to, you know, not calling things good and bad, sometimes we need to recognize that those things are in our lives to specifically give us the choice to choose a different direction. For right. instance, your health issues mm-hmm. have motivated you to become a force for better health and yes. to assist clients who are having issues and need someone there to support them. And so I think it's so important for us to recognize that some of those, I don't know what you call them, stumbling blocks, problems, issues are not bad because right. they are what have given you the, there's a word and that I can't, I'm not pulling up, but like the, like the oomph, the kick in the buck, the, the instigation of a new path that is going to be really important for you in your life. For sure. And, and change, change is hard, especially with behaviors and thought patterns like that, that are so ingrained, Mm -hmm. but change has to come when you finally get to the point where it's more uncomfortable to stay where you are than to do something different. And that's, that's why I love, that's why I love the point when my clients come to me because they've tried all the diets, they've tried all the crazy programs, they know they don't work and they, but they need something. And they're, they've already proven their resilience because they're willing to keep trying, Mm -hmm. which means they, this is something they really want. But, you know, we, especially nothing against the guys, because I know there are men who deal with this, but it's predominantly with, with women, you know, we're the, the maternal figures and the matriarchs of the family. And we take care of all of the household things. And a lot of times all of the bookkeeping things where the, the bookkeepers, the house cleaners, the, the chauffeurs, the, the parents, oh, yes. the, you know, <laughs> everything to everybody else. And pretty soon there's no time left for us. And we start to feel guilty when we t- take time for self-care. And mm-hmm. now in the media, everybody's looking at self-care like spa days and bubble baths and pedicures. And, and that is, those are nice things to do. But self-care isn't about that. It's, it's about taking time to give yourself the same attention and love and respect that you give other people. And that can be in the form of eating healthy food. It can be in the form of getting enough sleep. It can be in the form of asking for help, right? Moving your body, taking five minutes to just sit down and be quiet and breathe. Mm -hmm. And and those spa dates are, you know, vacation retreats, whatever, which I love to get myself on a retreat. Uh, actually, I try every other week to go on a hike and I block out, you know, five or six hours. This happens to be what's supposed to be my hike day and I'm not, but um, let I try. It's on my calendar as often as possible. I keep it there. And it doesn't have to be though that we go out and do those long retreats or big hikes or whatever it is that we do all the time. Yeah. If we're not doing the day-to-day, like you said, five minutes to clear our head uh, or just acknowledging, hey, I am spinning about this thing. That's one right. thing that has um, been life-changing for me is just acknowledging, wait a second, if I'm spinning about it, I'm not finding a solution. Yeah. So I need to s- turn off that spin and, and do that little bit of self-care to say, okay, I'm going to find a solution. Right. Let, let's start looking for new ideas. Let's be open to the fact that there might be somebody out there who has a different opinion or a different approach. And that's one of the reasons I'm so glad and so grateful that our world is opening up to coaches and the whole coaching aspect, because there's so many different ways of seeing a problem. And absolutely. You know, so, and it, you know, if, if you're, I mean, when, when I talk about health coaching, if you're working with a health coach, sometimes it's nice to have that person there just for accountability. I have a coach of my own. 
I can't imagine ever not having a coach now because that accountability is so important to me because life happens. Things come up. We lose sight of, of our priorities. But but a good coach, in theory, you don't isn't someone you need to see forever for the rest of your life. And right. it could be you see a coach for a few months. It could be you see a coach for a few years, depending on what it is you want to address or what you want to accomplish. But, I mean, athletes have multiple coaches. Elite business executives have multiple coaches. Yep. You know, when you want to learn a language, you hire a teacher. When you want to fix your car, you hire a mechanic. When you want to you know, work on your mental health, you go see a therapist. When you, when you want to, you have a medical problem, you go see a doctor. So when you want to create the life you want, why not seek out coaching? Yeah. Well, Cause if, yeah. if we could do it on our own, we'd already have done it. Yes. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. And there, there is value to in getting a second opinion or finding, you know, finding the right one that fits with you. And then there's also value in sticking with them for a time. You know, um, I was a quitter. I have, I, I talk about in my training that, you know, certain energy systems and I particularly happen to have as my primary energy system, the one that just wants to quit, <laughs> you know, let's go find a different thing. And yeah. I have learned so much from sticking with the same coach for a time or sticking with the same pattern for over several years to, to really make that shift in my subconscious around whatever issue that I was working on. Um, we, we're getting a little bit close on time. I did want to talk to you because we, we talked in, in our previous run through <laughs> about epi, epigenetics, because it's yeah. not a subject that I think is talked about enough in our world. And tell us a little bit about what you know of epigenetics. Sure, I'm, I'm definitely not an expert by any means. But what I understand about epigenetics is that s scientists, researchers are finding that our gene expressions aren't written and predetermined. And there are ways through lifestyle and different healing modalities to actually turn on and turn off expression of certain genes. And so they have found that, you know, this isn't, this isn't a universal truth necessarily, but in certain cases, for example, if you have a family with a predisposition to heart disease, chances are if you lived the same lifestyle that they did, that gave them the heart disease in the first place, then you're more likely to end up with that as the outcome for your health. But you're able, there, there's a possibility to step in front of that and turn off the gene expressions that, um, the expression of the genes that contribute to that, that mm -hmm. disease, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a lot that can be done through lifestyle habits, through stress management, through meditation, through um, EFT, through Reiki, through massage therapy, through all kinds of different healing modalities mm -hmm. to help. Because when, we, when we're in balance, our body can, can deal with an awful lot. Our bodies are amazingly resilient. They'll go, we'll, our bodies will go to the point of cannibalizing itself to, to heal or help stave off a, an illness or a, a disease or a wasting problem or whatever it might be. Um, and so because of that, when we put our body in the right environment, when we put our mind in the right environment, when we bring balance emotionally, spiritually, mentally, nutritionally, you know, in all of those areas of deep health, we can bring that balance. We can bring our bodies back to, to health. There have been, I mean, there are thousands and thousands of stories of people who have healed themselves when, when they were given a, you know, three months, six months to live. Kind right. Of thing. Right. Julie, I appreciate you bringing that up. I, I, I have too often in my life heard someone say, well, that's a problem my parents have, or that's in my family, so I'm going to have to deal with that, or just shut down because they got a diagnosis, and instead of finding new ideas or new solutions, or like you said, learning different ways of training their DNA. Do yeah. you, and you know what? It doesn't have to be a permanent thing. It doesn't. No, there's there's no one there's there's no one answer. 
There are always ways to new things to explore. And sometimes they might work and sometimes they might not, but why not try? Right. Try. You know, if you were diagnosed with cancer, would you not try to, to find a solution and live? And, and I think that's, um, it's such an important, I mean, that is my opinion and that is my approach to life. Let's, let's find a solution to everything. Because well, and mine as well, and one last thing, and I will say that when my mother was, was dealing with her cancer, I was in the room waiting for her to come back from chemo one day and her oncologist was there. And mm -hmm. he said, well, you know, your grandmother died in her 50s from cancer and your mom's going to die in her 40s. You'll probably have it in your 30s. And I oh, lived with that. I was 19 years old. I was a very young 19. I was watching my mother die. And this is, the, this is what he said to me. <laughs> and, and I'm sure he meant well, but I'm sure he meant well. Just, you've made it way past her, both of those. Yeah, when I, I mean, when I hit when I hit 40, it was like this massive relief because I'd survived my 30s without getting cancer. Mm. And then when I made it to 50, I felt guilty because my mother never lived that long. Oh, wow. But now, you know, now I'm I'm 58. I feel great. I'm strong. I'm healthy. You know, well, I still do that you're 58. No, oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I still deal with Hashimoto spikes from time to time. I'm in the middle of one right now, but I understand how my body works. I can feel it. I, you know, mm -hmm. I know what to do. I see a functional medicine doctor. I, I look after my health because it matters. Yeah, it does matter. It does matter. You, you want to have a long life, a good life, but most especially you want to influence others for good too. And you can only do that if you are in a good place yourself. Uh, as you've mentioned, um, yeah. uh, for especially we as women, as the linchpins of our homes, of our society, when we are in a good place, it makes a ripple effect in, in all it, the world around us. It really does. And there's so many women who need help. And that's my mission because mm. women deserve to feel amazing and have brilliant, vibrant lives. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And we're so grateful that you are on our podcast today and spreading that word and that mission. Let us know, um, tell our listeners how they can reach out to you, get to know more about you and follow you. Where do they go? Sure. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. Julie is spelled J-U-L-I, uh, no E. So, so Julie Medesi on Facebook. Um, it's Julie's Playground on Instagram. Um, I have a website, which is avexiahealth.com. Um, I also love to offer your listeners a copy of a free ebook that I've written. It's called 10 proven strategies to lose weight without dieting. So I can provide you with a link for that as well. Um, yeah. Great. Awesome. So we will get those links also in the show notes. So everyone will be able to find them there. And I want, would like to ask you, Julie, um, I ask all everybody who comes on the podcast, leave us with an exercise, something that the listeners can take action on right now today to um, whether it's a physical exercise, a mental exercise, whatever that triggers for you, something we can act on. All right, my, my, the thing I start out every client with, and, and it, it isn't a specific exercise, but kind of. So, okay. And that is practice a five-minute habit every day. Mm. And it, that five minutes can be taking the vitamin supplements you forget to take. It could be setting out your exercise clothes the evening before to make sure, putting your, your shoes by the door to make sure you go for a walk. It could be preparing a healthy lunch for the next day. It could be sitting and, and meditating or doing a, a five-minute walk. It's, it's about practicing the skill of change. And, and by implementing a five-minute habit, and everybody can find five minutes in their day. And if you can't, then there's a deeper discussion that needs to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, but that five minutes is just for you. It's not to do anything for anybody else. And you practice that five minutes. And it could be different every day, but in, it's, I think it's, it's better. It works better if it's the same thing every day because it, the biggest key to lo longevity and health is consistent healthy habits. So, so practicing that five minute habit every single day, try it for two weeks and see how it changes your life. So do you have any examples that you could share with us? 
My favorite thing when I started coaching, actually my coach gave me a five minute habit and, and I, I was in tears seriously for three days. Mm-hmm. What could five minutes do to make a difference in my life? I, I, why am I paying all this money? This is so stupid. It's ridiculous. And I, <laughs> I had wanted to try EFT, um, emotional freedom technique or tapping. Right. tapping. And so I decided, okay, well, I'm going to show you how useless this habit is. I'm going to try EFT and, and <laughs> I'll do that every day for two weeks. Wow. So I found a practitioner on YouTube who I follow, um, and I'm happy to share his name. He's my favorite. Um, it's uh, Brad Yates, mm-hmm. and he has hundreds of free videos about yes, every does. topic. Lots and yeah. lots. I love he him. And more followers. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's, he's, he's really, really down to earth and really... Yeah clear on, um, you know, this is what we're working on. Yeah. And he has a really dry sense of humor. I just, I love a gentle way about that. I love that about him. Mm -hmm. So, so I started doing a five minute tapping video with him every day for two weeks. And at the end of two weeks, I was for a walk out for a walk with my husband and he said, something's different. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're not speaking down about yourself like you normally do. You're not saying negative things about yourself like you normally do. I'm like, hmm. imagine that. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Five that's, minutes a day for two weeks. And it really did change. It brought out, like, there were times I'd start tapping and I'd just burst into tears. And then they'd just as quickly go away. And I had no idea where they were coming from. But it's it's clearing that emotional stuckness, right, that emotional energy that we – have difficulty expressing. So we stuff down with food instead or whatever Mm -hmm. behavior. And so I found that EFT for me was a a really great practice to do for five minutes a day. That's awesome. Well, Julie, thank you again for showing up today for um, being willing and totally coming into the present moment with, with your stories and, and your energy and enthusiasm and I know that this will really benefit all of our listeners. Um, and so we hope to connect with you again very soon. That would be great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Marianne Hobson, and I invite you to subscribe, like, comment, and most importantly, share what you've learned with someone you know. The best way to lock it in is to teach someone else. So make sure that you share what you've learned, take action on an exercise or something that you've heard today, and come back to let us know how it's benefited your life and your family. Looking forward to hearing from you soon.